You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Liz Truss has been, if anything, certainly as bad as Johnson on the populism agenda. She wants people to work hard and she hates people being told what to do. The markets are looking very, very closely at political pronouncements. Together, we can ride out the storm. We can rebuild our economy and we can become the modern, brilliant Britain that I know we can be. Hello and welcome to Bloomberg UK Politics, our deep dive into the corridors of power and today a special programme. I'm live here in the ICC in Birmingham, the International Conference Centre, where the Conservative Party are holding their annual conference. And what a conference it has been. We've had not one, but two U-turns. First on the top rate of tax policy by Kwasi Kwarteng, and then on the date uh, when the government would release uh, its Uh, report on the government's fiscal plans. We don't know the actual day, but the Chancellor yesterday said that he would bring forward the time that the full fiscal plan would be released and therefore also the watchdog's view on what the government policy is going to be. Now, this is a move, of course, that was welcomed by the Treasury Select Committee Chairman Mel Stride. He's one of the people that we've been speaking to in an incredibly packed couple of days here uh, in Birmingham. So Mel Stride saying that he wanted Kwasi Kwarteng to accelerate the announcement, in particular the forecasts from the government's uh, watchdog in order to calm the rattled markets. He's been speaking to Bloomberg's EMEA economics and government correspondent Lizzie Burden. Have a listen to what he told us earlier about that Kwarteng U-turn. Well, I think it'll certainly help, Lizzie, provided that, of course, this uh, plan and the OBR forecasts that are brought forward actually are seen by the markets as being credible and therefore calm those markets put less pressure on interest rates going up, which, of course, will be very important uh, for those who have mortgages uh, up and down the country. But it really depends on the detail within that forecast. But the fact that it's being brought forward is very significant because if it is a a credible forecast, uh, the markets see it that way, um, and it comes before the Monetary Policy Committee meeting on the 3rd of November. It was originally going to be three weeks after that. But if it comes before that, that, of course, will also... Uh, help uh, inform the decisions that committee makes and one might assume also soften the base rate move that the MPC comes up with uh, compared to what they would otherwise have done. So a positive move all round. So we've had a U-turn on the top rate of income tax. This seems to be a U-turn on the OBR forecast. Where do you stand on uprating benefits in line with inflation? Could that be the next U-turn? 
Uh, it's conceivable. Um, I, there will be tough choices to be made and they will be broadly fleshed out in that forecast that we've just discussed. Um, you've got to remember that well, the welfare upgrade uh, last April uh, was relatively low because it's pegged to the previous September's inflation rate and that was quite low. So we're already starting on benefit uh, upgrades from a fairly uh, low base as it were and I think within the Parliamentary Conservative Party uh, it's going to be quite difficult I think uh, to go for an earnings based increase this time round uh, rather than inflation. Um, so I think yes that could be quite problematic. You're a Conservative MP, but you're not here in Birmingham. Why not? <laughs> well, uh, nothing sinister to be read into that. Um, I basically took a decision many months ago uh, that for personal family reasons, we were going to do something uh, around this time. So it's certainly not a case of uh, in any way boycotting uh, what's happening in Birmingham at the moment. But Mel, you were Rishi Sunak's campaign chief when he was trying to become the next Tory leader, Prime Minister. Have you communicated with Rishi Sunak in the past few days? Uh, I've not had any contact uh, between Rishi and uh, uh, myself. Uh, I'd, I'd love to meet up with him because I haven't actually seen him for a few weeks now. Um, but uh, uh, no, I think he's having a well-earned rest. It was a very, uh, very tough campaign. Um, and I think also he's probably keen to you know, not be the focus of what's going on here. It really is about uh, the government and the new prime minister and the new chancellor. Uh, and uh, it, it's their time at the moment, not, not his, I think. So what we're hearing from even cabinet ministers is that Liz Truss is going to be a lame duck for the rest of her premiership. She's already had to U-turn on the top rate of income tax. Uh, could the banker's bonus cap uh, be the next to go or could it be planning reform? Is Liz Truss going to have to make this package more politically palatable? Well, I, I think we, we've got to sort of take a step back and understand that a lot of these kind of issues will not, in a sense, come to a head uh, until further down the line. So some of these measures will be brought through, for example, in a finance bill next year uh, in the spring. So there is a bit of time for the government now to really just try and steady the markets. I think they've made two very important pragmatic moves, one on the 45p rate and the other on the OBR forecast coming forward. And to the extent those can really sort of calm the markets and settle things down, demonstrate that there's a clear plan that is fiscally credible, and that's the important point, then I think the government has an opportunity to build from there. Um, but under current economic circumstances and given all the um, spending issues that are in play, undoubtedly it's going to be quite a, a bumpy road. But I think we need to um, not put the cart before the horse. I think we need to just settle things down now uh, and take a measured view uh, going forward as these uh, issues arise. But having to make a massive U-turn like this is, of course, really humiliating for Liz Truss at the start of her premiership. Now you've got Nadine Doris, of course, a big Boris Johnson ally, calling for a general election. Is that what we really need? Uh, no, definitely not. Uh, as a, a, a Conservative Member of Parliament, I believe that my party uh, has uh, uh, will have the right answers uh, going forward and is best 
uh, place to deliver for our country. And I think, therefore, uh, to rush to the country at this particular moment in time would be a very, uh, very retrograde step. So I don't think uh, there's any chance of that happening. So Kwasi Kwarteng says that his plan is going to be fiscally sustainable. Analysis by Bloomberg Economics suggests that in order to balance the books, he'd have to cut spending more deeply than under austerity with George Osborne. Uh, where do you see the spending cuts coming? It seems they couldn't touch health or defence. It, if, if it's not going to be benefits, where could these spending cuts come? Well, this is where we really have to await the plan. And I totally accept uh, the premise of your question, which is that there are very difficult choices and they're typically resting between to what degree expenditure is cut versus to what degree potentially does the government row back on some of these uh, tax cuts that it's uh, uh, announced. And in terms of where, well, that's really difficult because what we know is inflation is much higher than was expected at the time that those spe departmental spending budgets were set in 2021. And what that means is that those budgets, of course, in real terms, have already gone backwards. And to give you an idea of the, the, the level of the challenge here, if we were to uprate, say, welfare benefits by earnings rather than inflation, which would be politically very difficult to achieve, uh, you would save about £6 billion. Well, that's got to be set against a, a hole that's got to be filled, I think, which is probably around £50 billion. So that shows you how far you'd have to go into expenditure cuts in order to meet that gap. So it seems to me there'll be a lot of pressure now going forward uh, on the government to maybe think again uh, about some of these tax cuts that uh, have been brought forward. So that was Mel Stride, the Treasury Select Committee chairman there speaking to uh, Lizzie Burden. Well, also, of course, we've been hearing from how voters are absorbing all of this. Well, earlier, I spoke to Gideon Skinner from Ipsos. He says that voters are worried about the cost of living crunch and they're not impressed with Liz Truss or Quasi Kwarteng so far. People have clearly noticed the mini-budget and it hasn't gone down very well. The proportion of people who blame government policies for the rising cost of living, they don't just blame government policies, they also blame things like Ukraine and the global economy, but the proportion of people who put the responsibility on their government rose nine points. Mm. Um, we've seen an, an increased focus on things like the strength of the pound in the way that people are judging the economy. Um, and the trouble this means for uh, Liz Truss and her government is that when she first came into power uh, as Prime Minister, the public were, kind of the jury was out. Um, but this means that their first impressions haven't been particularly positive in terms of the job that both she and the Chancellor are doing. Gideon, the slightly strange thing that has happened is that the enormous uh, sum being used to help households and businesses when it comes to energy costs has almost been lost in all of this debate around, you know, how competently the mini budget was delivered um, and sort of the U-turn on the top rate of tax that doesn't affect many voters so has that been lost the energy help i mean it's that's still going to be popular and the thing that the public are most worried about is the rising cost of living i mean we're seeing that in our data at ipsos it's sort of the highest we've seen for 40 years people aren't used to this type of level of inflation um and you know there's a lot of worry about people paying their their energy bills and so those aspects uh, are going to be more popular the support they can give on on energy bills but it's not necessarily so much just about the individual policies it's also about the wider belief in the sort of the general image of the parties 
kind of economic competence mm. um, and that's where they they need to be worried only one in five tell us that they've got confidence in the conservatives long-term economic plans so that was Gideon Skinner from Ipsos speaking to me earlier about uh, the polling and how voters are feeling. Of course, this uh, after the U-turn on the top rate of tax. The Prime Minister, though, interestingly, has said that pensioners would see uh, their pay, uh, payments rise in line with inflation, but she wouldn't commit uh, to the same for other welfare recipients. That could well be the other shoe to drop uh, when it comes to U-turns that this government uh, has made. The Prime Minister saying earlier in Birmingham that no decision has been made yet on benefit uprating as it is known. Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. 
Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. So joining me now is Rachel McLean, the Justice Minister. Welcome to Bloomberg Radio. Thanks for having Thank me on. Thank you so much for coming in. Pleasure. So um, we are here uh, in Birmingham at the Conservative Party conference. We've seen already a U-turn on the top rate of tax. The Prime Minister has also now said that there's no decision made on welfare recipients on, on whether or not they would see an uprating of their, of their benefits. I suppose my first question is, it would be another bombshell from Conservatives for the poorest, often working people, that they would not be protected from inflation with higher universal credit. I suppose as a minister, how can you justify that? So I think the first thing to say is you're right to say at the very beginning that the decision has not yet been reached. There's a process that is gone through every single time we mm. face this um, you know, the DWP has a process to go through because, of course, they have to look at the the actual inflation numbers as near as as close as possible to the time that they have to make those welfare spending decisions. And you're actually also right to say the point here is that a lot of people in rece in receipt of welfare are working. Yeah. So they are working on low income jobs. So it is absolutely right that we look at the the circumstances of those families. And as we've always said, and in fact as as we have acted mm. all the way through the pandemic, what we've been clear about is we are we are protecting the most vulnerable people on low incomes, people who've got other long-term conditions. That's what we've been doing all the way through the pandemic. And that's what the welfare system under the Conservative government has always done. And so actually, if you look at what the Prime Minister said, she's still working through those numbers with the DWP secretary. And my understanding, that's an ongoing process. It's just that we haven't reached the conclusion of that. Okay. I'm sorry, but I'm a bit confused. It, it sounds like we're trying to say two things at the same time. I mean, there's a difference. We've got double-digit inflation in the UK. Um, and the sorts of figures that I'm hearing, if it weren't 10%, is something much more in line with the private sector pay rises that people have seen, which are perhaps half that level, if that. So you're talking about a very significant difference in numbers, 10, you know, 10% potentially versus three, four, five percent increase, that would be a big, big gap. Yeah, but the point here is that the gap you're talking about is not a gap that's actually 
it's not a definitive gap because, mm. as, as I said, I ho hope I am being clear here. I want to be clear. The decision hasn't been reached. So it's not a, it's not a, a question of I'm coming on here defending a big gap in people's incomes because we don't know if that gap is going to exist. So there's mm -hmm. a process that DWP have to go through. Of course, they have to look at this in the round. But I would also, I think the other really important point, actually, for people listening to this, is to remember that, yes, we've got the welfare system that's protecting people, but we're also taking very comprehensive action to protect people from one of the major pressures on their household budgets, which is the catastrophic rise in energy bills. And we're also taking further action across the tax system, again, mm. to protect people and actually provide help with their budgets. So, of course, you're asking me about the welfare system, and that's fine. I'm happy to be mm. as clear as I possibly can, given yeah. that we haven't reached the end of the process. <laughs> yes. But it is really important that people remember that's not the only way we get help to vulnerable families, people on, with disabilities, sure. people who are carers. and all, I mean, these but are families, these are people that I see in my constituency surgery. So I'm well aware yes. of the impact on people's finances. But fundamentally, the unfunded tax cuts that were announced in the mini-budget, the consequence of that is that either borrowing has to go up radically, which is what caused the markets to fall out of bed effectively, and now it's the discussion around what is going to be slashed. We're talking about billions, you know, it could be 50 billion pounds in terms of cuts. Your, let's talk specifically about your ministry, you know, justice, prisons, etc. Your funding, you know, could be first for the chop. How difficult is that going to be? Well, again, you're sort of, if, if if I may, you're slightly jumping ahead okay. to a situation that, that hasn't yet been resolved. These discussions are dynamic across government. We've seen a, a few, you know, let's be frank, it hasn't been ideal the last few days. Um, certainly as a minister and as an MP, you know, it's, it's not easy to be in a position where you're having to change your policy on, on the back of a major announcement. But at the end of the day, we are where we are. That, that, that change was made. I think it was the right change. And we have to go forward from this. Obviously, there was a turmoil in the markets. Of course, we all saw that. But actually, the markets now, actually on the back of the Chancellor's announcement, seem to have stabilised. Mm. I think that's the important point. And now we look, need to look across the public finances as a, as a whole. Because, yes, we have to be responsible. This is public money we're talking about. It's taxpayers' money. And, you know, the government has paid out hundreds of billions of pounds across the COVID period, uh, putting money in people's pockets, keeping businesses afloat, paying wages, mm. uh, keeping our fantastic cultural institutions like the ones that play here where we're sitting now going throughout that time. That money doesn't come from nowhere. So there has to be some discussions about how do we go forward with that? How do we have a sensible approach to the public finances? Because you're also right to say that if we don't have that sensible approach, not underpinned by analysis, then mm. the markets will be very upset again and we'll be back where we were a few days ago. Yeah. That's not where we want to be. No, absolutely. The one thing that has, has changed though radically and has stayed there, that is mortgage rates. They have jumped and that is an immediate feed through to the economy. Bloomberg Economics thinks that the economy is going to shrink by 1% you know, by the start of next year, perhaps twice as much as that if the fiscal plans aren't right now. So the kind of idea of growth is, is very much up in the air. I suppose one of the questions that I'm interested in asking at conference now is how much of trustonomics is going to get through? How much of that is going to become a reality in the next year to 18 months, given that we've had a couple of U-turns this week? I think there was, if I can just unpick some of the assumptions that you put in your initial remarks, um, you're talking about some forecasts. Well, the, you know, we always see forecasts and there's a number of forecasts out there. 
I think no, you also. I think have to base you, their, yeah, markets their, have to base their. Have to base their judgments they have to on base something. Their judgments on something but obviously, we have to look at a range of forecasts, and that's what the Treasury will do. Um, sure. Ministers are advised by those, of course, they are. You also talked about the fiscal plan. Well, the Chancellor is bringing that forward in response to the events of last week. That's the right thing to do. But do you know what date it will come? No, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not a Treasury minister. I mean, I, I think we, we all understand think it needs to... have a discussion it, about what it, date? It needs to come, and we, we understand the pressure. That of course it has to come. But just to go back to your sort of final point to me was about the growth agenda. Mm. That absolutely has to remain. I mean, let's, let's remind ourselves why we have to have that. We have had very, very flat growth in this country. We've had high taxes. We have had regulatory burdens that businesses have been crying out for us to remove for a very long period of time. We've had poor investment in skills. We've had productivity issues, which I'm sure you talk about a lot, I I imagine. Um, These are all things that, I mean, I know as an MP, as a minister, these are long-standing structural issues with the UK economy. It is absolutely right that we don't give up on that. We cannot be deflected from that process. It's not easy. It's not easy. Um, you know, no government is perfect. We've made some missteps this week. Mm. It would be absolutely ridiculous of me to sit here and pretend that we haven't done that. But we need to crack on and keep our focus on those things because ultimately, why do we need to do that? We need to do that because that is how we help those families in the long term that are on low incomes because it means that we are creating Mm. jobs which have higher wages so that we, over time, we reduce the need for welfare payments to subsidise people who are working because we don't want to have an economy where people can't actually feed their families and they're working full time. So to do that, that's not an overnight fix. No, that no, is something not. that has to take but place a over big, a number of years. But there is a big economic debate about whether that is achieved through tax cuts or not, and the evidence for it is pretty thin. It's a kind of it's a very popular policy in the United States. It, it's it's as I say, the evidence for whether it actually delivers is is. is well, I I just challenge you on that. Yeah. Look, I'm not an economist, and yes, I'm you know obviously exactly. probably you are, and many people listening to this are. Um, but you know, I, I'm I'm someone that's run a business for 30 years, and I'm mm. someone that's been an MP and, and talked to businesses a lot in my constituency. These are small businesses who are looking to invest in Redditch, and they are looking to invest in this company, the, the country. They've got a choice of where to invest now. Yes. If they're looking at a regime where taxes are going up continually on everything that they do, they have got a choice of where to go, and some have been frank about that, and they've made that choice. Now, no one has got a crystal ball. Even the best economists in the world can't look into the future and say, tax cut A will lead to revenue B. Mm. I mean, obviously, that's what economists do, and we try our best to listen to that. But there is also a time when we do have to change what we've been doing before. You know, as it, it was the Einstein that said, keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result, definition of madness. We've been doing that now, and I think we absolutely need to change. And there are very respected, respected people who are telling us that is the right thing to do. Of course, not everybody's going to agree, are they? Because this is not a science like physics where you put something in a test tube. Sure. But, um, okay, talk just more specifically then. Uh, the MPs that you are meeting and speaking to today, what is the mood amongst the party? Does Kwasi Kwarteng last? Uh, th- those are the questions yeah, that people are asking. He has to you know, last, and, yes. And, and yes. even Liz Truss, uh, does, do they have your confidence, Liz yes. Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng? Yes, 
Absolutely. What is your number one priority then as Justice Minister over the next 12 months? What do you feel needs to be delivered, you know, going back specifically to your department? I want to see growth happening so that my department can get the resources that it needs. So my department needs resources and it has got resources on the back of the spending review decisions that's been made before. Mm. But we have a huge demand on the criminal justice system. Yes. We've got endemic issues coming out of the backlog of COVID. Yeah. We're still recovering from that. We've obviously got barristers who've been in dispute over their pay. Yeah, and on that, strike for months. That needs to be resolved. So that is really But how do you resolve issues. that without, again, it's, it's back to what we pay people and, and how much of a pay increase. I mean, those barristers were striking every fortnight and then mm. they decided to strike continually because yes. they didn't felt listened to. So they have been listened to and I very much hope that we are getting close to a process where that can be resolved. Obviously, they've been, they've been offered a 15% pay rise there was various other demands that they had Brandon Lewis has had a series of very constructive talks with them my understanding is that they are now balloting their members because I think that their leaders of their union have agreed to ballot the members so I very much hope we can find a way through this because it is in the interest of victims and the public victims of crime they really do need to see if swift and effective justice are being done when they actually go to the police and they go into the courts Bloomberg UK Politics. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.